It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey guys, this is Jason Squires and welcome to the next episode of The Table. This whole month we're talking about shepherding your team and what it means to take care of people and I am excited about today's conversation with one of our mentors, Michael Bond. Uh, Michael is um, a guy that just loves people well and um, when we were working on this topic for this month, um, I knew we had to get Michael in the podcast, and so uh, sit back and relax as you get to hang out with uh, one of my good friends, Michael Bond, as we talk about the importance of taking care of people. Um, so enjoy this episode of The Table. Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of The Table. Uh, my name is Jason Squires. I am the Director of Mentorship with Worship Leader Magazine. Today we are joined by one of our mentors, one of our mentor team, Michael, Michael Bond. How, how's it going, Michael? It's going good, bro. It's going good because I'm hanging with you. You know hanging, what I'm saying? That's what, this is what, is this even, this is, we, we just get to do this, push record and like this talk is, to each uh, other. I don't know. This is, this is fantastic, man. I'm, two, I'm a little nervous that brothers. people are going to hear our conversations because we talk a lot and then, uh, but this one's recorded. So we got to, we got to uh, have this gotta one. Got to keep it under control, I guess. Keep it under no. control, right? Uh, hey, tell us, we, yeah. we've, I mean, you've been on the, on the, on the, the mentor chats and we've talked a little <laughs> bit about you, but like what, tell us a little bit more about Michael Bond and, um, you know, life and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. More about Michael Bond. Yes. There's, it's the, a, the man, the myth, the legend. That's uh, oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, first and foremost, I am thankful for Jesus. And I'm, I'm a son of a king and trying to work that out on a daily basis, what all that means. And uh, I told my wife, uh, said, if, uh, if you put anything on my tombstone someday, uh, said, put but he was grateful and that's what that's a theme I'm trying to sow mm. with my kids and others around me. I'm just thankful, man. I, all the Lord has done for me not to get, I, I totally don't mean this to be super spiritual or to sound churchy or anything. I just, I, I am grateful. God's brought my family and I through so many things and the theme is goodness, his goodness. Um, we sent last week, uh, my wife and I had so, it was such a blessing. We get to lead worship together frequently and and I love when she sings uh, "Goodness of God." Uh, it's such it's a good hard, song. dude. It's just hard for me even to get get through it. It's just hard for me. And actually, it's 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 very therapeutic because she'll she'll lead, and I just get to stand and and support her. And I continue to work through what it means God's goodness as we walk through adversity and trial. And that's such a blessing. I don't know if you've ever experienced that as a worship leader, but. Sometimes I'm glad to not have to sing because I can't, I couldn't even hold myself composed and that's all right. And, and I, I want to process through, I don't want to just sing the song. I don't want to just lead the song. I need to work through the song and I need the ministry of the song so that I uh, can 
you know, just work things out with the Lord. So anyways, God's goodness, gratitude, man, it's a big thing for me. So that's, that's a facet of a huge facet. Probably the main thing, if you ever knew anything about me, I, I truly, I, I hope to say, well, that guy is silly sometimes, but man, he was thankful to the Lord. And, and I am, I'm, I'm thankful. Uh, I'm a husband. As I said, I, I lead worship with my wife. I, I met my wife in high school. I just turned 15. She just turned 16. As soon as I saw her, it was like, you know, it was on a school bus, believe it or not, back in the day, school bus time. It <laughs> yeah. was like the ceiling, ceiling of the bus was peeled back and light from heaven shone down upon her. And I heard the angels say, oh, yeah, it's a fact. And I just, I was captivated, captivated by her. I am still captivated by her. I turned to the friend that was sitting next to me. I said, who is that girl? I need to know her. And I've spent uh, every day since trying to get to know her and so loving good. her. And she's God's gift in my life. And so I'm a husband. I'm also a father. I have three children, uh, Michael Austin, Adriana, and Alicia. And they are just amazing. I, every day, I really, I leave work. I leave to go to the church in the morning. And I can't wait until I come home to spend time in community with my kids. Um, it seems there's so many families that parents and children don't want to spend time together. And I guess I just, again, gratitude. I'm thankful somehow by God's grace, we have an environment where our family likes to be together. Yep. And you fathom that, like we actually, we like to recreate. We are friends with each other and we are trying to establish community together and safety to where we can have real conversations and, you know, hilariously silly times and, profoundly serious times and just be real and authentic. So I feel like my role as a dad and my role as a husband are huge. So love that, embrace that. Another hat I wear, I am a worship pastor. I've been leading full-time at, at a position full-time in local church. It'll be 20 years this June. Crazy. Wow. 20 years. So uh, yeah, just blessed. Uh, sold out to the local church. I, I love it. I just, every weekend, I can't wait to gather with God's people. And I would say even more so since COVID, um, and because maybe I took it for granted, you know, I mean, maybe I never thought there would ever be a pause or anything could ever change. And then the world, we all watched global change and, and couldn't meet. And so now I just, I feel like, man, every weekend's a gift and it's game on. It's sons and daughters of the King who gather together and in, in, in a space, in a, I, I like to call it a fig, figuratively in a circle, the body of Christ in a circle, all on level ground, seeking the Lord together. And I love it, love it, love it, love it. Whether I'm on stage, whether I'm praying with people in the lobby, whether I'm chuckling with a friend over a cup of coffee, just love it. So I, I love every weekend. I'm so blessed. Um, another hat I wear, as you know, because we've written together, I love writing songs recording music, yep. um, being a clinician, teaching at, at conferences or other settings about worship leading or about leadership in general or songwriting. Love, love, love that as well. Primarily not because of the academia side of it, but because people are there. And I know you're, you're yep. so good. I've co-taught with you before, been blessed with that, heard, heard you teach many times. I think one of the things that makes, uh, besides you're just really good at what you do, but you love people and you're kind. So when you come into a room, you're not there just to share intellect with them and information, but you're there to share yourself. 
Mm. And that makes a big difference. Yep. And you do that and, and people connect with you. And I love that facet, especially when it's a worship conference or it's a setting where it's it's our people, right? Yeah, that's right. Cool. We're not there to be um their their personal, professional, or rock star. We're there just we're peers. We're all in it together. And that's why another reason I love the vision of Worship Leader magazine is this idea of being there for each other, because that's just a biblical foundational truth of the body of Christ, right? We're in the circle together. We're we're at the table together, and we're here to see the Lord's kingdom come and will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we get to be just a conduit, a link in the chain, if you will, a week in and week out. So I love that. Yeah. Well, one last. Oh, go ahead. No, good, go ahead. I just say one last facet that it's a, a unique thing. I, I think it's kind of unique. Uh, God did it. I didn't. But it's super fun. I get to be a part of a ongoing ministry in Europe where we uh, we invest in worship leaders and, and local pastors and, and missionaries and, and songwriters and been doing that for about 12 years now with several good friends and just love that and love to see what God's doing around the world. It changes me as I see uh, our faith expressed in multiple cultures. I mean, I love our country. I love America, but I I, I, I'm thankful that our God is not just the God of one nation mm-hmm. or one tribe or tongue, but we read all through scripture that, you know, he's a God of the universe. So it's really enriching to go out and be a part of it and see what God does in other nations and see how they uniquely cry out to the Lord. And so it's been really fun even working with international songwriters, just people express things differently. And that, that grows me. It grows my heart. That stretches me. And so anyways, that's another another part of Michael that, that, um, I'm just thankful and gratitude. I didn't do it. It's the Lord who's opened the doors and made a way. So it's kind of fun. I love that all of your hats, um, speak to each other and it's not, it's not like, this is Michael, this is Michael. And I, I am a dentist. Like, it's not like, you know, I had to pick a random, I had to pick a random thing. It was just, Hey, no hate to the dentist. No, no hate to the dentist world. I like chocolate. So I need dentists. That's right. right. Dentistry go hand in hand. (laughs) Coffee and dentistry. That's right. That's amazing. Hey, but this whole month we're talking about uh, shepherding your team, and um, I mean, I want to just jump. I want to jump into just kind of some top, some top questions, and we're going to dive a little deeper. Um, but first off, why why is it important to make sure your team um, heart is in the right place? I want to talk about heart today. Like, what is why is that um, why is that important? Because I think we can all we can all get up on stage and kind of like play songs and. You know, you can have anybody up there doing their thing, talented musician, but like, why is it important to 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 come back and go? I mean, is their heart right? Hmm. What are your What are your thoughts there? Wow, yeah, I think for anyone in worship ministry, there's going to be a tension of balancing out the heart and the art, right? How do you balance that? And there've been a lot of you know, there's other podcasts that are specific to that, or books specific to that. <clears throat> I think it's 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 valid that we spend time on that because with that question you asked, part of me ask how can it not be of the highest importance where the hearts of our worship team members are at? Yep. To me, it's the top. Um, to me, it's the top. Before I skill, mean, like long, like long before Absolutely. I mean, obviously, we are we are called to excellence in our art. In our craft that that just can't be ignored however however um, 
know, I, I spent time with my team recently just trying to talk through, I think it's good for us to recognize what are we trying to do? And then we work back from there. And so it's like, well, we want our, con- we want to make it as easy as possible for our congregations to engage the everlasting God, their, their creator, their Lord, their King, their friend. We want them to spend time with him and see life change and give glory to him. So you got to work backwards from that and go, so, okay, if that's our, if our target is that we would give him all the glory and praise, how do we best do that? Well, to me, it makes sense that if you want to lead people to do something, you have to be that authentically yourself. Meaning how can I lead people into worship? If I'm not a worshiper myself, how can I coax people into deeper worship if I don't worship myself? So a friend of mine, a vineyard pastor one time told me, he said, Michael, you can't lead people to a place you haven't been. Mm. Like, wow, you're right. He said, you can't give what you haven't got. So talent can go a long ways. But at the end of the day, the core substance of who we are will come through. Um, I think people sense that. They might not not always know. And a challenge is sometimes excellence can, man, you can go a long ways on excellence and presentation and and you can coast on the fumes of it for miles however real true life change comes from people who truly have had their lives changed Mm -hmm. and uh, i think we are we're in a dangerous season as a culture where we have more resources available to us at the at our fingertips on online the internet where we can see some of the greatest levels of production stage and in in performance period it's just everywhere and and you can see it and i am blessed i'm thankful i'm myself thankful i can look up any church any ministry people i look up to i can say what are they doing and i get to see all this cool stuff the downside to that is that our peers people grinding it out in the local church can misunderstand what the target is and misunderstand maybe what god's asking of them and think I need to look like that, but I, and I need to sound like that. And my stage needs to look like that. And my sound system needs to sound like that. And if we can't play the songs that well, and if we can't do all the, if we don't have all the bells and whistles and all of this, that, and the other, then we're failing and we're just not quite up to par. and We're not adequate. That is so sad to me. That breaks my heart because that's, that's not the case. So Again, those things are great. Yep. There's nothing wrong with they're just things. They they have no morality of their own. Uh, they can really be truly used for, you know, powerful, you know, to enhance powerful encounter with the Lord and authentic encounters with the Almighty. However, they're to me, I look at them like they're by far the icing, maybe the sprinkles yeah. on the icing of the cake. <laughs> That's right. Compared to the cake itself. So I think what we're talking about today is the importance of the authentic cake. The worshiper, the worship leader, the worship team member having that heart and passion for the Lord because it comes through. It comes through. Yep. And I think you, I love the analogy of not even the icing, it's the sprinkles because it's, I mean, you're not, you're not getting, it's, that's, you're not building on a foundation. You got to build on that foundation in order to, in order to get to those other things or, if I if it looks a certain way, or if I get if I buy this piece of gear, it's gonna it's gonna be what I want it to look like. And you're like, no, you just spent a lot of money. That's all that means. And right. Well, I think about. I wonder how. Just hit me recently. It's like 
We're just going to be honest. No, I'm not hating here. Just being honest. Uh, musicians, we love our rigs, whether it's our keyboard rig or our, uh, especially the day, these days, because you can do so much with with software and programs and, you know, interfaces and whatnot. Like, how, let's compare how much time we spend on our dialing in our guitar rigs and our pedal boards or our keyboard rigs and, and compare that with how much time we spend sitting quietly before the Lord or in his word or in prayer. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's not to hate. It's not, I'm not judging. Just saying, what what do we want to be the strongest at when we step up front? Do we want to do we want to be the strongest at our musical excellence? Which yes, we do want to be strong at our musical excellence. Don't get me wrong, but do we want excellence of the heart? Uh, it struck me recently, uh, as I as you know, our my home church is a network. We have five campuses located throughout Southern Oregon and. I work, I have the privilege to serve worship leaders and to hopefully make an investment in their life and make an impact. And so we talk about a lot of things as to what's important. And for me lately, I've been realizing it's like, I don't think we always need to be more professional, but I think we need to be more personal, more present and more pastoral in our leadership, right? Like when people come in, they, they come into the auditorium sanctuary, worship space, community space, however our, our tribe or stream defines it. They come into the space together again. Like I said, that we're in the circle. We're in this spiritual circle together and we're seeking the Lord. And for most modern church architectural um, setups, there's a stage and we're on it. I don't even know that that's even the best thing. That's one other podcast, but yeah. that is kind of what we have right now. And what do they see and what do they sense? And again, we want excellence, but man, I, I so hope that they, they sense heart and sincerity and authenticity again and personal. This is who we are. We have families. We have lives. We're not perfect. And we're here together to link arms and cry out to our Savior, who is perfect, who has the answers. So I think hopefully it's coming yeah. across. Obviously, you can tell I'm, I'm passionate about it. I'm not trying to hate or if someone's no, like, what are you talking about? Yep. I just, I think it's important. I think it's really important. In, in our mentor chat last month, um, you talked about your anchor leaders. We just talked about that. You kind of talked about them just briefly because you are a uh, you are over the network that network in Southern Oregon, several different campuses. Um, in but in the mentor chat, you talked about your anchor leaders meeting every other week. Um, you mentioned that when you meet together, you aren't talking about the musical side. You're talking more about honing the heart. Um, what can you kind of expand on that and like what? What does that look like? Are you, is it like curriculum based? Are you going through a book? Are you guys, or is it just kind of like open questions that you ask or like, what is that? What does that time look like um, for those people that you are, that you're, that you're, that you oversee? Relationships are a big part of it. Yep. Uh, I always want anybody that serves on any worship teams with me. I want them to know first and foremost that they matter to me as a person more than more than a provider of a service right it's like you're not up here i want you to think you're up here just because you uh, shred on the guitar you melt faces you're uh, the best vocalist in the world or you know you, you um you're this that and the other i appreciate that I, I really really respect and appreciate those who have put in the time and they become really awesome at their craft but i want people to know i'm thankful for you as a soul and a person and that you you have a life and 
you may be married, you may have children, um, you have a story and a narrative. And so in those times, I really want to always personally engage and have community with my leaders. That's been really important to me. And because I want them to know, and you might think, well, obviously, obviously you care for your leaders. Well, as you have too, again, not trying to be a jerk, but I've been around a lot of worship leaders over the years. And honestly, not every worship leader is wired towards shepherding. Truth. And that's just a thing. Just it is what it is. Everybody's different, and that's okay. I've seen people that on the stage, I would say, wow, they are anointed of God to lead worship. But off the stage, they're not really wired with strong interpersonal gifts, and that's okay. Nobody has all the gifts. That's totally fine. But I think when we talk about mentoring, discipling, raising up others, it is helpful to put people in those places that are wired towards shepherding and are trying to hone or have established, proven interpersonal giftedness, right? And so in some... it's yeah, easy to become task driven as opposed to yeah. like, like I mean every week Sunday's coming and it's like that that can become a that can become the the um the machine that just gets right. that just right. gets rolling. We've all been in that spot. Right. And and again, production is good. I have I have separate meetings where we specifically talk about how did last weekend go? What happened? Um what went wrong? Um uh you know, what do we need to address? And then we're also we're also talking about what are we celebrating? What do we see God do that's yep. great? So it is good to talk about the technical. I'm what I'm trying. What we're talking about right now is there has. I believe there has to be a moment that you're investing interpersonally. That it's not about the time to say, "Hey, you missed that transition or that thing that didn't go well, or you need to fix this or fix that." There has to be a relational time where you're believing in people, you're befriending people, you're there for them, and that can look different ways. <laughs> Surprise, surprise for us, it normally has to do with coffee or ice cream <laughs> or something like that. But it's it's gathering. But I, I think that's that's not just that's a, that's not just a cultural thing. And even if it was culture, I think it's good. I mean, we're gathering like the early church did. We're gathering and we're we're breaking bread. Yep. We're we're in community. We're praying. And we we do go through books. Uh, we've we've gone through several together. Right now we're going through actually The Reset by Jeremy Riddle. Such a good book. Such and a good we've read book. it too. Yeah, and 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 we just we we pick apart a chapter, and because I just want to stir thought, I want to stir things that that go into the heart. There are other times and other places to stir the skill or to to, to address other technical things, but you need a place to just deal with the conceptual and to stir the deeper places in ourselves, because all of that ends up coming out. Because what I what I'm hoping for eventually is not just awesome production in awesome musical excellence and great transitions. I am hoping that Jesus Christ in us, Jesus Christ and the worship leaders that I serve leaks out in a massive way so that they choose to extend a song on a Sunday. Or they choose to say something or they share a scripture, or they share their heart. And what comes out, what I'm hoping is something is, is a wellspring of life for the church family, because I know those, those leaders are being stirred in the in the in the spiritual and the in the real and the deep and that they have something to offer the congregation more than a song mm. and i know not every not every denomination not every stream or tribe uh, allows those who are in worship leadership or music leadership to say anything uh, some some churches their liturgy is very scripted and i want to show all respect to that 
Um, but then I'd even say there's a lot of worship leadership that occurs off stage. Um, when someone say you're, you can't do anything but purely musical uh, tasks on the stage because of that's how your denomination and your tribe does it. That's great. But then you have a chance to talk to somebody after the service. What is going to overflow from you? Because I find there's some more and more I'm convinced that your effectiveness as a worship leader on a weekend on a stage or a formal leadership posture, that is going to be enhanced by all of the conversations and all of the interpersonal dialogues you have, all of the moments of prayer in the lobby, all of the, hey, Frank, how are you doing this week? Hey, Susie, you, I heard you got that new job. How is it? Oh, praise the Lord. Congratulations. All of those little things add up to people feeling safe with you and being willing to sit under your worship leadership yep. and receive of the Lord. So anyways, the only way, if you want that kind of fruit from your worship leaders, your worship teams, you have to sow those seeds and you have to cultivate those fields and you have to water and fertilize, right? It's just a logical yep. thing. You have to pour in that direction. So and I, think I find need, that's really helpful. We need to remind people that that's not something that you can go flip a switch tomorrow and 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 like jump into. This is a... This is a long game. This is definitely a long yep. game in the process. Totally. It's not like next week we're going to get it right. You're going to start the process and start that, start those things if that's not something that you're constantly doing. And on that note, I think, too, patience. appreciate you said that. Patience with the process. I, I remember at the church that I'm, I'm currently at, River Valley, I, I remember something that was really important to me uh, the first couple of years that I was there. I just did many intentional connecting moments with worship team members. And I did at our worship rehearsal, I would read through um, a book. One of them was a great Matt Redman, simple, simple, yet hugely profound Matt, Matt Redman book from he wrote years ago called the unquenchable worshiper. Oh yeah, Oof, Gosh, so good. Totally. Any worship team member, worship leader should read this book, but I was taking them through that and I, I would get with worship team members regularly. And I remember, after six months of devotional times, sharing the heart of worship, trying to get this across, one of my worship team members, um, we were having, remember, we're at a Mexican restaurant, having lunch. And he, he stopped and he goes, okay, Michael, so are you telling me that when I am playing my instrument on the stage on a Sunday, it's different than when I play with my band in the club? And I'm like, Yes, Matt. Yeah. Yes, brother. It's different. He's like, so you're saying that I'm doing it for, I'm doing this for God, for his glory, that other people would worship. Yes, Matt. You know, it's like, yes. And you want to obviously gigging musicians. They're awesome. Like, well, do that for God's glory as well. I mean, obviously, right. Do your art, be, do whatever your profession, do it for the glory of God. But point of that was, I was amazed that six months of weekly meeting and devotion sharing about the heart of worship from one of the, I would say the experts at it. These guys, he presents himself to all of us. Uh, Matt Redmond just, just seems to exemplify, you know, down to literally writing the song heart of worship yep. exemplifies this concept, sharing that for six months for someone to finally grab hold. So yeah, don't be discouraged if you're trying to go down a path and you feel like you're not having light bulb moments as quickly as you want to. It takes a while. Um, so when you're dealing with the heart of people, um, you're going to come across, and that is obviously the importance. 
you're going to come across moments where you have to might you might have to ask someone to step down, and that's uh, those are not fun conversations to have, and uh, and I what are some what are some ways if someone's listening to this podcast and they have that person that they're like it's just been it's it's like is it it's easier to just let them operate than it is to deal with it or to have them to and maybe to have them take a season off. What are some like what are some words of wisdom that you could give to them and go this is this this is a way to to approach that conversation this is a way to um start that conversation or uh like how does that what does that look like for you? Yeah, yeah, these are difficult moments for sure. I think I would say start with a lot of prayer and don't move too quick. Really try and make sure that what you see that you're saying is a problem. Make sure that what you're seeing is accurate and that you really understand what's happening. I think any of these moments are best walked out through the context of relationship. Yep. So it's much, it's, it, well, it's difficult in some ways too. Sometimes the closer you are to someone, it can make certain conversations difficult, but they're a lot more recoverable in relationship than not. So my hope would be, let's just say, I'm thinking of an example of someone that you would need to ask to step down. All right. Well, I just be super real. I uh, had, a, had a friend years ago, worship team member, that was just, he had dove into the pool of pornography and was becoming a lap swimmer. It was yeah. not a good scenario. Yeah. And that's that's real in our culture right now. So it started by me, that, that I became aware of that. It started by me just coming alongside, how are you asking those questions? How are you? How can I pray for you? How can I support you in this? And what it kind of came down to with him was, because all of us struggle with sin, right? It's just a, it's right. a thing. It's a daily thing. What it came down to is, I use this illustration of a train and train tracks. It's like, hey, brother, we're all dealing with different things at different times. What I'm trying to determine is are we on the same side of the tracks on the same train going the same direction? Meaning each of us are struggling with our own sin, but we are committed to be proactively taking steps to fight against it, to deny the flesh, to feed the spirit, to seek help and assistance. You know, like, like maybe on any given day, you picture a long train with many train cars. Hey, we might be on different train cars on different days, but we are committed before the Lord to be in the same train, going the same direction yep. towards holiness and victory in Jesus. Or are we on different tracks, actually going in opposite directions? Meaning, are you in a season where you are so embracing your struggle that you are literally you're going the opposite way? And I've had shared that illustration with a lot of people over the years. And, and I'm just trying to get to an honest place with folks. I, and those that know me, it's like no judgment, no hate. We all go through ups and downs and every soul on this planet can relate to an, a moment. They're honest. I mean, where they have 
chosen to embrace the flesh. They've chosen to embrace the wrong path. So what I want to do, especially with my musicians, is I want to be there for them and let them know that even if they have to take a break, that I'm still there. And um, I love the, the prodigal son parable. I love this picture of grace and, hey, you may be needing, for whatever reason, your pain, your journey, your dysfunction, your stuff to, to go out there and, and do something else for a while. But know that as soon as you choose to turn back, I'm here waiting with a robe and a ring and a feast. And I think too often in churches, someone makes a mistake and they're ca- they're cast off the island, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> like Survivor, you're out. You're- and, and and we're really like what I've found over the years in ministry in local church ministry, we have more experience with people walking away than experience with people coming back. Mm-hmm. And. I wonder if that's, I wonder if at times, well, I'll just say beyond wonder, I know I have not made it easy for people to come back in days past because I'm just so uncomfortable with their situation. And I think a lot of people, they, they, they leave local fellowship and they're wounded and they did not have a bridge to come back. They were just kind of like, sorry, you're voted off the island. You, you're committing this sin, dirty, evil person. We'll pray for you, quote unquote. And then over time, they slip out of our mind and memory, and they're forgotten. And uh, again, not hating. I've been there. I've made those mistakes. I've had to go back to people, actually, that the Holy Spirit's brought to mind years later and sometimes repent, ask forgiveness for people that I just didn't handle their situation well. So I'm trying to learn, right? Learn from from life. So bringing it back around, I think um, what's helped me is to walk closely with people, try and figure out exactly where they're coming from, Try and give grace and be honest to say, hey, let's, if, if we're committed to go towards Christ and towards holiness um, and fight against it, the beast, fight against the darkness, fight against the night, let's do this together. Come on. I love it. But I if feel someone, like, go ahead. I was going to say, I love it. I feel like it's the approach. Like it's, it's, it's how it's brought. It's how it's brought. If it's, because as soon as you bring that negative, like I see this. The, the the flesh is going to want to go, I didn't do that, or that's not me, or that's not my, I'm not, and it's the uh, immediate defense, but as if you come at it gently, it's going to break that wall down. Well, and that's where, we're, I mean, again, we're, <laughs> we're a family. We yep. just don't want to toss people to the wolves. And that's what's kind of dangerous is there are sometimes that when someone's going through a struggle, in some ways, I'd rather have them, have them closer and more than ever in community and connected so we can encourage people as they walk on their journey. Cause don't we need that? Gosh, I do not have my life dialed. I do not have every answer. I need counsel and help every day. So we want to offer that to others. And again, this is, this is what happens with when you prioritize relationship highly shepherding highly. And again, and, and it's hard, especially depending on the number of people that are in your ministry and the breadth, uh, of what you're trying to oversee, um, this can be tough. Yeah. And like you said, just to be fair, not everybody's wired this way. It, this is actually a, a really a final frontier per se for creatives because there are a lot of creatives that do better alone and recharge better and they can do their art and and even just doing a Sunday service sucks it out of them. Mm-hmm. So this is complex. This isn't easily but what I don't want anybody to think or hear from me as I'm thinking saying any of this is is easy to do it's not 
but I do think we still should talk about some directions we might want to head towards. And you know what? I think it's fair sometimes to go as, for example, there are many times in a church you find out that one worship leader is a better, is, is more skilled and gifted in shepherding than maybe they are in the technicalities of music. So sometimes you find someone in the band, it's like, would you be my music director, or my MD? Would you help me coordinate the band? And that becomes someone's role for a lot of different reasons at a lot of different churches. We, we implement that, that concept, but to serve one another is great. And then on the flip side, maybe you're the head named leader with the responsibility and you recognize I am not super wired relationally as a shepherd, but maybe you find one of your other leaders or one of the other team members really is. Maybe you deputize them and say, will you help me shepherd people? Yep. So it doesn't have to be, who can do it all? Nobody. But that we talk about it and that we approach it. And like you said, approaching people with the right non-judgmental loving kind vibe is huge. And, and you see that I'm thinking about, um, you see that in Jesus. I'm thinking about how Jesus approached the woman who uh, was caught in adultery and they were, you know, all the, all the people were waiting to stone her, especially the religious leaders. It's a fascinating parable. And here's Jesus coming over. He starts writing in the dirt and we don't really know what he wrote, but it's so fascinating because he's, being judgmental has no part in it towards the person who's in the sin. And he calls her to go and sin no more. So he's not showing approval, but he definitely is making a statement against those who are being judgmental and condescending towards her. In fact, I've heard some scholars have, have, have speculated, like maybe he was writing in the dirt sins that the people standing there with the, with the stones had that's, committed. That's right. No, it's like, how, how interesting is that? He's saying he, who, he who he who's without sin cast the first stone. So somehow gonna, we. I'm have... going to leave the stone right here. I'm going to walk away. That's <laughs> right. Right. So it's like, how do we come alongside people and love them for being people and souls? And again, not just service providers. I'm a drummer. You know, you're a drummer for me. You're a keyboard player for me. You're a, a this or a that. It's like, no, you're you're my brother, sister, and you are important, and I have to care about you for who you are as a person. And then the fact that you happen to be really gifted at music and we have a blast, we have so much fun serving the Lord doing this. That's awesome. That's so great. But if you could no longer, I could think about that. It's like, if, if you got an accent, you're a drummer, you got an accent, you broke your arm, you can no longer play. Are we still friends? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> do, I, do we still hang? You know? So anyways, I hope that addresses it a little bit. No, totally. And I think, I mean, I started leading worship by getting, when I was in youth group and I just, they said, Hey, you play guitar, hop up on stage and start leading. And you go from not ever doing this to all of a sudden being in a leadership role because you play guitar and that should be the thing that you do. And, and now it's like, wait a minute, I've never been, I've never led people. I've never done this. I've never done all the other things that come with leading worship. It's more, um, just, uh, it's more than just, um, uh, there's more to it than that. And I think that's where this, this, this conversation is just so helpful. Um, um, so we talked about this a minute ago, and I think this, especially in the shepherding conversation, food is of utmost importance and <laughs> good food is of utmost importance. And so the podcast, I mean, we, we call our podcast the table and like I said, conversation, good conversation happens around good food. Like when I, if I've been to your house many times and I, and you, you do some great food. So let's talk about this real fast. What, if I was coming over to your house, which needs to happen soon. 
Um, what is a meal that the Bond family would 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 be having on the table? Like, what is a good what is a good My meal? Goodness. Thank you. Probably know the answer to this, but yes, we got to get you up here. We're making plans to get yes, you here soon. It's coming. For me, uh, two things. I'm super passionate about Italian coffee. I've just, I, my heart has been given fully to <laughs> Italian coffee. I love it. And I'm not talking like I, I don't have to have like this $5,000 uh, espresso machine that you would, you know, find at any your favorite cafe worldwide. I am in love with how the Italian families make coffee with a mocha pot and good, good, uh, good Italian coffee. We order it in. I love I love making coffee for people at my house. That that's a given that I just love because it's a <laughs> it's a conversational drink. It's hot, so you can't just drink it in a second. You have yep. to take your time. And in that process, and I even love like you've been in my home many, like you said many times, and we have that island with the stools yep. with the the range right in the middle. And it's just I spend the bulk of my time at home, probably other than sleeping. I'm always around that island and my family or my friends were having conversations. I've invited so many, like so many, you know, so many songwriters and my worship leaders and my teams. It's just like, we come sit around the island and you can talk while you're making coffee. I, I, you can talk while you're drinking coffee. So coffee is a big deal. So that's a big deal at my house. And, uh, and then also pizza, bro. Just be honest. Yep. It's the Lord's food. It's the Lord's food. That just happened. (laughs) Pizza is the Lord's food. Michael Bunn. It it is the thing. I I I made a new friend in the last year. He's a a pastor named named Tommy, Tom Iannucci. And he's an an Italian who's a Calvary Chapel pastor on the island of Kauai. And this this brother is is awesome. Been to his church. Amazing, amazing man of the Lord. Yeah. And, but he, he's, he's like, he's a pizza expert and he used to run a pizza restaurant and he, he's traveled to Naples, Italy to study. He goes to conferences. Anyways, he's inspires me. He's, he's one of my new heroes. Uh, and I, I think making good Italian pizza, having, having pizza, that that's the jam. That's what it is. My so, new, my new life goal pizza. might be to be called the pizza expert. That might be my Dude, new, seriously. That's a new, that's a new, that's a new thing to achieve. Bro. If we, if we decided to like, pitch a food network show uh, you and i man i would love to just travel across the country and around the world trying pizza oh i'm totally in that's that's would a no-brainer that's a no-brainer all that. just eating so pizza good. all all the all uh, the kinds of pizza so many kinds of pizza. <laughs> I love pizza in a good way in a good way hey what yeah. are what are some ways we can connect with you what are your what are like what how, how could we connect connect with michael bond yeah for the most part i go through seasons of uh, social media and how much I'm posting are not based on my family and what's happening, but I'm, I'm, I'm most on Instagram. So it's at Michael bond, uh, last name spelled B A H N. So I'm in, you can direct message me on Instagram, um, Twitter. I'm not on Twitter a lot, but I do have an account. So if you message me, I'll, I'll get it. Um, uh, you can message me through Facebook. Um, probably awesome. easiest email, Michael bond music at gmail.com. That's an easy way to get a hold of me. So, Love it. Yeah. I want to be there to encourage and come alongside in every class, uh, as, as do you. And I appreciate, I just really respect that. Every class I teach in any conference, I always say at the end, hey, if you have any other questions, if there's any way I can pray for you, come alongside you. Hit me up, please. And I'm surprised by how many, sometimes people do, but a lot of people, I think they just, they don't think we're serious. And I'm serious. Yep. Like, gosh, if there's anything we can do to help, that's what we're here for. And 
again, appreciate Worship Leader Magazine's uh, mentorship focus and program so many different ways. And if you're listening today, it, it's awful being alone and worship leaders trying to change that so that you don't have to be, and you can have people you can talk to that will pray for you. They'll give you counsel. Uh, Jason's awesome at this. Our list of mentors, if you've ever listened to our, our, our sessions, man, what a deep wealth of information and, and heart and experience. So don't, don't, don't feel alone. There, there are people that want to connect with you and I love it. I love it. Hey, Michael, I appreciate you hanging out today. I appreciate this no conversation problem, and, uh, I love it. I'm, uh, going to probably go eat pizza after this, but yeah, I love, um, me too. <laughs> 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 uh, that's amazing. Oh. All right, everybody. We will, uh, see you guys next week. Hey guys, thanks so much for hanging out today. Um, with this episode of the table with Michael Bond. Um, I hope you guys were encouraged and uh, just reminded as to why people are important. If you could, um, I would love it if you'd like or subscribe to the podcast or follow um, whatever platform you're listening on, as well as leave us a review. You can follow us um, on Instagram at Worship Leader or at Worship Leader Podcast. As well, you can follow me at Jason underscore Squires. I hope you guys have a great week, and we will see you guys on the next episode of The Table.